That's it. I'm going to travel. Dad, grab that globe. Spin it. Pick a place. Bally. Harness. Bally harness. <laughs> Seize the Denny. The Ballyhonest lad from the Denny Sausages ad to Oscar-nominated actor Paul Meskel has done very well for himself. But according to the latest review of Pay and Conditions by Theatre Forum Ireland, the national organisation representing the performing arts, 22% of artists and creative art workers in Ireland earned less than the national minimum wage of 9.80 an hour. Our reporter Sharon Lynch joins me now. And Sharon, you've been speaking to those working in, in the industry about the obstacles to earning a decent wage. Yes, Carol, um, Oscar nomination day, of course, was a momentous occasion for the arts, but for the majority of artists working in the industry, it can be tough to make a basic wage, depending which sector of the arts that you work in. It can be a struggle, of course, to earn a decent income. For some, applying for funding for projects is time consuming and doesn't necessarily pay. And I've been speaking to actor and writer Zosa Igodoro, who told me a lot of her time is spent on admin. And it is that a lot of your time is spent on admin, it's spent on um, just kind of the managerial side of things. It's I've been thinking it, it since becoming a professional writer, I think is I wrote more scripts when I wasn't being paid to write scripts kind of thing. And now that I'm, I'm starting to work more as a professional writer, the things I'm having to write are not scripts, but they're all the things around a script. If it's the application form or if it's the um, the like one pagers and all the outline and the treatment documents and stuff, which is fine as a writer. I don't mind it. But if my medium is in script, there's so much other stuff that you have to do and other stuff that you don't necessarily get paid to do but you're still expected to do. So what supports would you like to see in place for someone um, like yourself who's working um, in this profession? I mean the easiest and obvious answer is more money, more money, more money, more money. I mean we just a lot of it is that like as okay even if we're going for application uh, funding applications and all that kind of stuff it's like we're having to tailor our project to fit an application. Um, and I think that can stifle creativity. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I don't know, just perhaps I shouldn't say it, but it does feel very much like it is non-artists, non-creatives who are in charge of um as if like sheep, like shepherding artists and shifting and pushing and guiding and, you know, making them do certain things. Um, So I really feel like really money kind of would be what we need for autonomy. Like if we actually had that and could sustain ourselves, um, then we can actually create work that we want to make and that we're proud of. And I think you'd get a far richer scope of, you know, if we're talking about screen, a scope of things on our screens, like if we're even looking at Banshees um, of Inishirin, because Martin McDonough is in the position that he is and can make certain choices, I mean, this is the film that we get. Someone at the start of their career 
would never be allowed to write that script. It would just be like, yeah, okay, why is he doing that? And um, we kind of need something more straightforward. But because he's in that position, then he can write this. And that's beautiful because we get something that we don't normally see on our screens. And yeah, so really money will give us the freedom to be able to have more interesting, more varied art. That was actor and writer Zosa Igadoro speaking there. I also spoke to Jerry O'Brien, Irish Equity President, which represents professionals in the live performance and theatre sector. He says the issue of pay is complex, but when it comes to filmmaking, he wants EU law around rights and residual payments brought in here. Well, it's 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 uh, it's kind of complex depending on the areas. I mean, there's there's live drama, which is. You know, it doesn't really pay very well. It, 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 depending on whether you're working with the Abbey or some of the bigger funded companies, but in the audiovisual industry, it's a bit more complex because there's quite a lot of legislation that protects the rights of performers. And what you earn at the point of production is not necessarily what you what your potential earnings should be if you're sharing in the revenue streams generated when the film is being sold. And recently, we transposed a new EU directive called the European Copyright and Related uh, Copyright Directive, and uh, we we transposed that into our Copyright Law 2000, which updated the the legislation and allowed for what that actor should now uh, share a, a proportionate remuneration for the exploitation of the film, which means that you know if the film does really well, you should be getting checks ongoing for the financial life of the film as well, uh, which means that you're you're sharing in the financial success. And unfortunately, in Ireland, we have a culture of uh, buyout contracts. And part of the EU directive said that the buyout contract must now be the exception rather than the rule. And unfortunately, there's still, in certain areas, the rule here. And we're trying to negotiate to get to a point with the producers that they say, look, well, the contracts must comply with the legislation. And that means that the buyout has to be the exception. So that means that the actors would then share in, in you know, the ongoing success of the film. And for when it's repeated on television, they get paid. And when it's sold massively around the world on DVDs and streamers and streaming platforms and downloads to all, there will be revenue streams coming in for the next 50 years for the performer. So that's the, that's the difficulty that we have to get around with the with earning a living. Now, low pay has always been an issue in this sector and the pandemic has made things even more difficult. Now, the sector, of course, has opened up again. And last year, there was a major boost for those looking to rebuild their careers. And that came with the introduction of a pilot scheme called the Basic Income for Artists. And the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gale Talk, Sport and Media says 2,000 recipients are in receipt of €325 per week for three years as part of this research programme. But 9,000 applications were made under the scheme. Dorgan, she's chief executive of First Music Ireland, said, well, who she was involved in setting up the scheme. She says a lot of artists are finding themselves essentially doing free work. I suppose for, for in general, for all artists, for, for actors, musicians, um, theatres, writers, painters, it's, it is difficult to make a living wage sustainably because so much of the work that artists put into developing their craft or preparing for a release or or a film or the the 
professional development that it takes to get to a stage where all these amazing actors are, are this week. Um, there's a lot of time spent doing what amounts to free work. So the four years it might take you to write a book or the two years or the one year, the three years it might take you to write and then record and then tour an album before you start to see money coming in or the couple of years it might take you to paint enough paintings on a theme to be happy to put on an exhibition to sell those. So it's the precarity of income and the amount of time that essentially the work you're doing as an artist is free work is what makes it different to other professions. Angela, you were involved in the setting up of the Basic Income for Artists pilot scheme. Um, It was described as a game changer for artists when it was announced last year. Has it been? I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see the way in which it will help with artists day to day, but I think what's all already working is 10,000 artists apply, 8,500 were deemed eligible, and the department really took their time to make as many artists eligible as possible. And I think the feedback we've been getting from a lot of musicians is getting that email, even though they didn't get selected, the pilot was 2,000 people and it was a randomised selection. So even getting that email, a lot of artists are saying to us, getting the email saying that the government, you know, recognise your profession as an artist is something, you know, that's something a lot of artists are hearing for the first time. So there are levels where um, in terms of well-being, um, it's already working. Uh, it remains then to be seen and how the department will measure and learn from the pilot um, how it will work. But we investigated as part of our pitching this idea over a number of years, we investigated other trials. What we're finding out about this trial is all eyes are on Ireland. It's it's very interesting to, to look at the Um, amount of countries who are like, well, this makes total sense. There doesn't seem to be a downside here. So um, it's going to be very interesting to be out there in Europe leading the charge um, in terms of supporting artists day to day. And um, it's going to be very exciting to now get on the conversation to make a permanent after the trial for all artists. And that was Angela Dorgan there ending Sharon Lynch's report.